Welcome back in listeners to another wonderful episode of Whisper in the Wings. We have got a fun show for you today. Joining us, we have the writers, composers, and lyricists of a new show called Gollum Owned a Tropical Smoothie. It's playing April 30th at 9.30 p.m. at 54 Below, and you can get your tickets and more information by visiting 54below.com. So let's introduce our guests. Today we have Ethan Crystal and Garrett Palladian. Gentlemen, welcome to Whisper in the Wings from Stage Whisper. Thank you for joining us today. Yeah, thank you for having us so much. We're so excited to be here with you. Yeah. You you reached out, and as, as we were talking previously, we got on board, and the more I nosed around, I just see this random picture on Instagram that I was like, what wait, what am I getting into? And then I started nosing around about this show, Gollum owned a tropical smoothie, and I was like, oh, this is a puppet show. Oh, wait a minute. What? It looks fantastic. Thank and you. I know I'm being very vague for our listeners, but I think you would do better justice explaining it than I would. So could you guys tell us a little bit about this show? Well, the title kind of says it all, you know, uh, it's, it's about Gollum, you know, Gollum from, well, he's not really from Lord of the Rings because we spell it like a little bit differently. So like any likeness or similarity to any pre-existing <laughs> character is totally coincidental. We're legally in very, very solid footing with the show. Consulted several, how many people now? Hundreds of thousands. Hundreds of thousands of people that said that we're legally fine. So it's it's about Gollum and he kind of tell you, he goes like, go get those bananas. And it's, we made up this character, it's spelled G-O-L-E-M. And he owns a smoothie shop. He owns a smoothie shop. It's called Tropical Smoothie. In Panama City Beach, Florida. Yeah. And it follows this regular high school kid named Mm -hmm. Ian. And he works at the Tropical Smoothie that Gollum owns with his best friend, stoner, college dropout, Kyle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And together, along with Ian's older sister, Gabby, they have one week to raise $60,000 or else they lose the shop forever because there's this mega other smoothie corporate real business. bad guy real bad corporate guy kind of like kind of like would like would scrape you off of his Italian leather shoe like he stepped in dog shit type guy <laughs> and his name is Smeagol yep so Smeagol's the same puppet but no one can tell so they, they, he wants to buy out the smoothie shop and close them down forever. So they have one week to raise this money or it's all over. Yeah. Yep. Oh my gosh. This is, this sounds amazing. This sounds like a live version of something you'd see on like a Saturday morning cartoon or a Sunday night, like Fox well, exactly. animation domination. This is brilliant. Our reference shows or movies are like Dodgeball, yeah. Good Burger, mm-hmm. same similar plot. But obviously different characters. Yeah, and it's like a puppet in musical universe, like the Muppets. Yeah, so think of. Avenue Q, Book of Mormon style, humor, Little Shop. I mean, yeah, all yeah. of these are shows and movies that we use as reference. Yeah, all, the, to pitch. all the puppet classics. Yeah. Yeah. Love it. So how did you come upon this idea in particular for this show? Well, the way that the two of us met, we were actors. We, I, we still are actors, but we used to be too. And we were working on a uh, cruise ship. And when you work on a cruise ship on a long contract, you have a lot of free time because you're living on a boat in the middle of the ocean. And so we, one day Garrett was telling the story to us about, he was like in high school and he was working at this smoothie shop. And he's like, what am I doing working at the smoothie shop? I mean, he's opening the shop by himself. And he just, I guess he would just uh, watch some movie. I forget the name of it, mm-hmm. but he was like, what if Gollum worked here with me? 
And it just yeah. made me laugh so much. And then I was like, what if, what if that was a musical? What if it was called Gollum owned a tropical smoothie? And so I had the title and then I, I moved to New York like a couple months later and I booked this job where I met Ethan and I told him the idea and he got it. Well, it was so funny. Well, the part of the story that I remember was that you tried to call your friend in the morning and try to explain to her, like, I'm imagining Gollum ordering me around, like, go get those bananas, Garrett, Garrett, make sure, Garrett, did you close last night? Well, Garrett, I, why is there a big, what's this puddle doing here, Garrett? I couldn't no. stop laughing. And so I had to call someone and tell them because it was just so secret. But it's not really a story. It's not really a story. It's not a story. <laughs> you know, so like, it's just so silly and so the idea of like a whole show where you walk in and you sit in your seat and we come out and we say don't think too hard don't ask questions just accept the fact that he owned a tropical smoothie it's like what did you expect like you know it's like that that's what it is isn't it that's what it is but then there's like when you go in it's sort of kind of in your face kind of meta about it there's like then it's about like finding these characters or like finding their meaning in the world while the audience is trying to find the meaning of the show and it's kind of about the search for meaning in life in this kind of bigger way. I think that's what's kept it like evolving over these like five years we've been developing it. And now we have this 54 Below show. <laughs> so what has it been like developing this show, this great puppet musical that you're putting together? It's It's been a journey. It's been really interesting because yeah. both of us had never written anything yeah, ever of this like magnitude before a full mm -hmm. two hour musical yeah. so it's been well i should say written directed developed produced self-produced mm -hmm. designed i mean we kind of do it all and so with help we, from a, our friends well, yeah with help yeah. with a lot of people but we you know we've been learning as we've been going so it's made for an interesting you know story of how we're living our years in new york city yeah. It's made it really specific to us. And we've met a lot of great people. Yeah, we've done like the amount of rewrites and revisions we've done over this in the past five years. I mean, it really started out as one thing and has transformed yeah. into something so much bigger and deeper than we could have ever imagined it to be. And it's like you you write something, you have like a funny idea. The first time I ever put it up was in the crew bar on the cruise ship. Mm -hmm. We like, we pushed all the, the stools and the seats to the side. And we like, there's a little stage where sometimes like these cover bands would play. And we like, we basically, we put it up up there and we printed flyers from like the office and we put them in people's like card slots in their doors. We, every time we've put it on stage since then, there's always been like a response from people like, get, like, and we look at each other and be like, we... Let's take this to the next step. Let's do it. Let's and it kind of yeah. propels us to really like like see the potential of this little guy. You know, that's and a good people point. Love him. Gollum, Gollum's got like there's something about Gollum is like his personality is really just like the the center, the heart of the show. He's got this like heart of gold. You know, like he would give the shirt off his back for someone in need. Well, that's that's a really great lead into my next question because I mean, you know, we are we're having a good time. We're joking. It's a funny puppet show, but is there a message or a thought you are hoping that audiences maybe take away from your show? Of course. Yeah. I would think overall, one of the main messages, themes is to, you know, life is going to throw a lot of stuff at you yeah. that you won't ever get the answers to yeah. and you won't ever be able to make sense of. And it's up to you to find meaning in that and deal with it. Yeah. And I, we both find the best way to deal with stuff like that is through laughter, obviously. Yeah. I, I mean, I've uh, I see a lot of things online sometimes about people like, especially like young kids, you know, or like by young I mean like 
like what early 20s or college age or whatever and they're kind of like like people kind of grappling with this idea of absurdity and like what it like the, the, there's things like things like bad things can just happen to you and good things can just happen to you like out of nowhere and you have no control over that part of life and it's something that everyone goes through and i guess what has what we found at the heart of like this show that we started kind of as like a like a, a silly joke about like oh, hearing your seat your watch is a show about gone morning tropical smoothie is that it's, it's kind of a recurring became this thing about embracing the absurdity of mm. life you know our goal like someone our, our, i mean my, if, if someone comes in and watches the show and comes out being like the next r- ridiculous random thing that i see like on like a like an ad for i'm gonna go in because i want to see what that is mm. that's like that's if that, if that if that is what people walk away from, then we've achieved our goal. Yeah, in my mind, you know. So I mean, it's a little bit like a stop and smell the roses type thing. And, well, and I think one yeah. of the beautiful things about how we have written the show and how it's developed is that if you want to stay at the surface level, you can, and it's going to be great. You're going to have a really fun time. It's yeah. a spectacle. There's it it you will be able to grasp what we are trying you to get. But if you want to go deeper into the depths of this thing, this massive ocean of a show, you can. And there are so many themes and messages to be had. So, you know, on at first glance, like we are we are just a stupid title of people. We are the underdog. But by the end of the show, you can walk away feeling changed and feeling like, wow, I learned something from a show called Gollum Owned a Tropical Smoothie. <laughs> and that's the biggest joke of all. That and that is. <laughs> yeah. There's a lot there. If we achieve that, then mm, that's oh yeah. But the things you can take out of out of the most ridiculous things, though. That's that truly is a great point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now you mentioned that you first started kind of bouncing this idea around and I guess workshopping it when you guys were on a cruise ship doing it at the in the at the cabin bar. The crew yeah. bar, yeah. The crew bar yeah. is what it's called, yeah. Have you has this been performed anywhere else, or is this the first time you're putting it in front of an audience at Studio Fifty Four? We've done a lot of developmental readings, yeah. independently of, produced. Yep, yeah. For our friends, we did a short musical festival. Yeah, we've done. We've applied for grants and other festivals and theater conferences, so people have seen it at like a reading level at a pretty basic level but as far as like something that's on stage without scripts more like a running show style piece of theater i they haven't seen it like this this will yeah when you say basic level i mean our last one had confetti cannons so like we don't really do anything basic i will say that we we we, it's a party we will like our readings are not like any other readings because like the style of the show is not that. And like for the audience to really get what the essence of that is, because we have puppets. We yeah, we yeah. we really try to like immerse people in what this show would feel like if it was like fully realized in a in a theater space. So that's what they will get that, I would say, like up one more notch at 54 below. Very cool. Well, that leads me to my final question in this first part, which is who do you hope have access to the show? Well, our our primary audience right now is people who have a lot of money that they're looking for a puppet musical <laughs> to give it to. And then after that audience, we're kind of like, we think that mainly it would be, we see it doing well at like colleges. Yeah. You know, or or like we, we, we've thought about the idea of a tour for a long time. Yeah. 
tour um, like a regional place a regional theater in a place with a lot of like you know like people in their 20s whatever you know it's got it's you know it's a little vulgar a little crass but also got this little still philosophical edge to it you know you can it, the, the art is to combine like the deep stuff like in like sandwich it in between like the dick jokes and stuff so like you create like this like this balance you know because if you can bring those two audiences together yeah. that's when it like really yeah i would say that really have a lot, a lot of the a lot of the themes are very like young adult and like coming of age. So I would say high schoolers, yeah. college students, yeah. people who feel like they're coming into the world, like as an individual yeah. aside from their parents and people, administrators, educators, people telling them what to do and how to do it. I think they will find something in the show that they will be able to relate to on a different level than a, an adult in their thirties or forties who can afford a Broadway ticket. want to shift things up now and I want to focus on the two of you a little bit more and let our audience get to know the two of you a bit more and ask what inspires you what composers playwrights shows inspire you what are some of your favorites and Garrett why don't I start with you on that question I am really drawn towards dark comedies and then like specifically Diablo Cody Ooh. seems to be someone that I I really come back to like young adult is one of my favorite films. I grew up listening to like legally blonde bat boy. So Lawrence O'Keefe is kind of incredible to me. I'm also, I'm, I'm like a hopeless romantic at heart. So I love romance stuff. Moulin Rouge is one of my favorites. Oh, fan. I mean like j fantasy genres. There's a movie. I'm trying to go through my favorites. Can I, cause I have a list. Crazy in Alabama is a film that it's like, I would say it's a dark comedy romantic with Melanie Griffith, I think is her name. And then it's directed by her husband, Antonio Banderas. Is that? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And it's set in Alabama during the civil rights movement. And it is about the story of this woman who cuts her husband's head off, puts it in a box and goes to Hollywood to become a movie star and she's on the run and her husband, her husband's talking head is talking to her the whole time, but it's during the time of the civil rights movement. So there's another story in Alabama that's happening. Like it's so out there and crazy and the writing is so beautiful, but the story is so whack. And it's like, who came up with this? Like that is something I watched growing up a lot. And thinking back to like that in my life is sort of makes all this other stuff make sense. I guess that's my answer. Ethan, what about you? I have like a few like big, especially like comedy influences that I think are really important to me. I, I'm a big Norm Macdonald fan. I thought uh, he kind of like, yeah, he's one of those people that you can really like YouTube sort of dive into and then sort of get to know like who he is, like through watching his comedy, like growing up. And he's sort of like, as well, he as he got later in life and he's passed away now, of course, but uh, he, uh, sort of like developed this, uh, like a, he kind of grew into a more philosophical kind of mindset with a lot of wisdom and like simplicity in the way that he would express things with also a very dark sense of humor as well. Like dark, but ultimately like wholesome in a strange way, I guess, you know? 
and that's kind of like both of us like at uh, the heart of it Gollum is like a pretty wholesome thing you know like he just loves everybody and he wants to wants the shop to work and he just he, he loves you know as far as other influences i guess one of the first shows i ever did was pirates penzance <laughs> and pirates penzance has this beautiful like the score and the songs and the like the music and the every moment of it is structured so like the melodies are very catchy and the orchestrations are so like lush you know they have these like such depth of sincerity in the music of a show where the script is so silly like who would think like it's it's so <laughs> who would think to write like a oh like there's a song leave me not to pine alone and desolate and she's like no please don't leave me and he goes i must leave you because my birthday was on a leap year and therefore the contract i signed as a child indentures me to be a pirate <laughs> until i turn 81 <laughs> and they're like and it's the most beautiful sad moment but you're like wait a minute what is happening right now i think that's like i i think we both kind of love stuff like that we're always like in a room together and we always like are thinking what is the one simple thing that would like ruin this environment right now we do that a lot yeah <laughs> what could we say at this moment that would get us fired or get us kicked out, canceled forever. Oh, it's fun on a catering. We, we love going there. <laughs> we have one tonight. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I would also, I mean, I don't want to speak for you, but I feel like both of us grew up watching and maybe even, well, I know for me, like physical comedy. Oh, yeah. It's huge growing oh, yeah. up. I mean, I think of like the, the masters, the granddaddies, fucking Jim Carrey, Robin Williams, oh, yeah. Martin Lawrence, like these guys who had yeah. these shows... I love Dave Chappelle. I was a big yeah. Dave Chappelle fan back in the like the old just this larger than life like these people that were not afraid to like here's the bar and then jump over it. That's always been inspiring for me. And a lot of the way we write yeah. is includes physical comedy and stage directions, and yeah. it's very it's like there there is a clear like beat in the script, and if you miss it, mm -hmm. you're gonna miss the whole show. Like you'll you'll just you'll get off track. There's a flow. Yeah. which makes it difficult then for I would for writing and like trying to like write something and then someone else to interpret it you have to be so specific because if you're not mm -hmm. the flow is so it, it'll get it'll get lost and it won't be the same show that you're trying to like mm -hmm. give to someone so yeah yeah that's the power of comedy the comedy is yeah. all about timing yeah. what is your favorite part about working in the theater and Ethan why don't I start with you on this one what we found in developing the show is that every time we're in the room working on any part of it, something surprises us. There's always something new. When you bring, when you go into the space, whether it's a rehearsal space or like on the stage or whatever, there's always, every time we've done a reading, there's been like something that comes up in the last minute that like, at like just like some joke that adds so much to the show there was like like a, for example there was this we were working on our, our recent reading in the fall and there's this song that uh kyle the, the the older kind of stoner co-worker sings about how he's in love with ian's uh sister and he it's like a love song ballad and he's like what if i'm all wrong he's had this moment of doubt and he's like, I promised Gran that I would change my life and turn it into something I'm proud of, that I move out of PCB. And uh, Garrett had just finished this puppet of Kyle's Gran. And he sent me a video of like, so like I'll check out this puppet I made. And you know, he sent me this video going, hey, baby, 
<laughs> and I was like, that has to be in the song. And so like two days before we did the reading, we had like a sound cue of going, I promise, Gran. Hey, baby. And, <laughs> and it killed. <laughs> it's like, it's just every time we work on it, there's these things that come in that just like, that make it so much better that it's a, it's a, I, it's a living, breathing thing, you know? Mm -hmm. I love that. Makes you feel alive. Garrett, what about you? What's your favorite part about working in the theater? I think it's pretty similar to what he was talking about, just maybe saying it a different way, like collaboration. Collaborating with all other aspects of what makes theater theater. Designers, actors, music. I mean, it's not a one-man thing. And I, just, I like how theater forces you to collaborate and how that can trickle into you as a human being in your everyday life it makes you more open to having conversations with people that you maybe wouldn't have conversations with it, it like before Ethan came over there was we, we were having a discussion about whether or not we should add this certain thing into the concert because it didn't necessarily need to be in there but it was kind of important to a character in the show and it is really like it it's a it's a fun aspect to add and so we kind of sat there and we de debated for like five minutes. And then like, I just kind of was like, okay, let's think of it. Let me think about it. Let me sit down and really think about this. And I was like, it wasn't even like giving in to the idea, but it was just like really trying to see it from where you were coming from, from where Leo was coming from. And I think that is what collaboration is. That's theater. It's like, you're, you might have the best idea in the room, but you won't know that until you hear everybody else's idea and you really take that in. And maybe you don't have the best idea and that's okay. The goal is to make this thing you're all working towards be the best possible thing it can be. Yeah. And it's nice to write with someone else too. So when you get really like, like convinced you have the best idea in the room, there's someone next to you being like, Hey man, <laughs> <laughs> check this out. Let me yes. And you for a minute. Well, we have arrived at my favorite question, and I am I'm genuinely just thrilled to hear both of your answers. What is your favorite theater memory? And Ethan, if I can start with you on that. Okay. <laughs> this one answer came to my head immediately, and it was when I was in high school. My friends and I had just done Guys and Dolls at Wilsonville High School, and my dad was a vice principal at the time at a high school, like about like an hour South in Oregon. And he said, we're doing guys and dolls at our high school. Do you guys want to come see it? We are just finished it. Right. We know the show front and back. And it was like, of course, let's go, let's go down and like, see this other high school where we don't know, no, know anybody. Let's see their guys and dolls. And we're sitting there, we're watching it. And in the production that I was in, I played Nathan in Detroit. And my brother played, uh, my younger brother played the guy that comes on stage after his song and goes, hey, do you hear who's in town? Sky Masterson. Sky Masterson's in town. And he runs away, you know, advancing the plot like that. And we're watching this other high school do it. And the show, the song ends. Applause dies down in dead silence. This dude, this kid, I don't know, this kid who it was, I didn't see him anywhere else in the show. Tall kid with a big fedora just walks on so slow. Step. Step, 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 takes off the hat, looks to his left. Hey, Nathan, do you hear who's in town? 
Sky Masterson. Sky Masterson's in town. And he puts on the hat and the crowd goes fucking bananas <laughs> for this kid. And it was just like the funniest moment I ever seen. And everyone, Nathan was like there like waiting for the applause to die. Just like, just like, like, st- like st- still there going like, eh, Sky Matheson. Oh my God, it's guys in town. <laughs> because this kid had just come on and just taken all the energy in the show and just created his own little moment so perfectly. And I, I, there's something about that, the way he did that, that, all, that just always stuck with me. That kid understood stage presence. He I'm got like, it. He just got it. It's the director. Especially when you're a kid. Like, some people just get it somehow, you know? Like, it's, yeah. like, it's funny. It's, it's wild to watch, you know? That's an interesting directorial choice. So that's... I don't know if it was a directorial kid. choice. That's what I mean. That kid is just like tonight. I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to milk this for everything it's worth. I just love like I love bits where like the more time it is, the the funnier it gets. Yes. <laughs> All right, Garrett. How about you? Okay, you've inspired me. Yeah. Mine's also from high school. I had a great high school theater experience. I mean, that was when I think my love for it really blossomed into something that was gonna like an obsession. So this is embarrassing and my friend my two girlfriends from high school still make fun of me for this because we were all in theater together and this is the story that Aaron, i didn't think so yeah so i grew up in florida and if you were in florida and you did high school there there's a thing called the florida state the florida thespians okay yeah. and there's the florida state thespian conference which is massive like six thousand kids and uh it's like a week long and so Every uh, so you can apply as a main stage production it, it, from your school to like possibly be selected to go perform your production in front of 6,000 kids at the state festival. And so there's like 100 schools that apply. It's very hard to get in. They only pick like five shows. And my school was dead set on like, okay, we're going to apply. We'd applied before we didn't get it, but we're like, it's different. This year, we got the talent. We just have the knowledge. So we applied to be a main stage with the show The Giver. If you know the book, they made it into a very short play. We did We we did it. And uh, we found out that we had gotten in. And this was, it was during lunchtime. And I was the president of the Thespian Society, the hottest one in the club, basically. So um, I come in to talk to like our theater teacher because we're having like a meeting. And she goes, I have some news regarding stage, main stage. And we're like, <laughs> she's like, we got main stage. <laughs> I was, uh, something took over my body because I shot up and I ran as fast as I could to the lunchroom cafeteria, grabbed the microphone from the administrative teacher who was like, just oh, like, you know, attending lunch, make sure nothing bad happened. And I, so I was like, <laughs> main stage people are looking around like what the fuck is this kid doing nobody cares <laughs> nobody cares the theater kids cared but like probably not as much as me because i was like the head of all this and put a lot of work into it people just like just the popular kids oh my god it was so cringe but like <laughs> i think back to like that excitement i had because of the amount of work that me and like my fellow classmates put into something because we cared about it so much and then we saw it come into reality like i think this is one of my favorite memories it's kind of cringe when you talk about but it's it's hilarious i mean i was just this like little twink nothing like 
I gotta tell you, I I love that story. And I'm sitting here, and and even though you described it as cringe, I'm like, but why is that cringe? I'd want to shout it in a microphone too. And I'm also flattered because I was drama club president myself. So when you're like basically on the hot one, I was like, I was hot. You were the hot one. one. You're the hot one. one. All right. Every sense of the word, you were the hot one. Yeah. I'll take it. I'm going to tell beautiful. my wife that you married the hot one. Don't forget. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's beautiful. It's a be- it was a beautiful moment. It's just uh yeah, yeah, yeah. It- <laughs> That's what you're supposed to do. I mean, football players and all, we want to stay, you know. Yeah. And it's like everyone cheers that. Why can't we yell that? I mean, that's You're incredible. right. You're right. You're right. Oh, Maybe I'm changing my my uh mentality on that. Both yeah. of those memories were amazing. Thank you both oh. for sharing them. I right. love that. Yeah, I mean, are there any other projects or productions either of you have that we might be able to plug? Well, we have a whole production company called Crew Bar Productions. Yeah, Ethan is a writer on his own. You you've written a screenplay. Go ahead. Yeah, I wrote um I wrote this. Oh, actually, my first reading of this uh, screenplay was on the cruise ship before we started writing Gollum. It was a show called an episode of a show called One Backpack and a few years it was like a YouTube short that I kind of wrote it's like made to pitch as a TV pilot and it's still sitting around but like since Gollum took off it's been just kind of chilling but we submitted I submitted to this play this festival in Oregon a few years ago and it won and my the thing is my it was like in 2019 it's a while back now but my parents I couldn't go to like the fest. I knew I made it to like the final round, but it was a huge festival. I was like, this is not going to win. It's like, there's so many things. And so I got this invite and I said, Hey, uh, mom and dad, uh, if you guys want a night out, like if, if I have an invite to this like festival and you can watch some like new, new, like short films and short TV pilots and uh, attend this award show if you want. And they was like, give us, of course we would love to. And so they went and they called me and they said, you won. And I said, I, what? <laughs> So I won this award and my mom walked on, on stage in front of like a room vault of like Portland writers mm. and accepted this award. You know, there's this picture of her holding the award upside down with a glass of champagne. Yes, moms. I <laughs> love that. We do have our first standalone musical theater song that we're releasing very soon called yep. In the City that's coming out next. Yeah. yeah so like aside from Gollum, that would be that would be the first piece of theater art that we would have but yeah is there a date set for that yet out of curiosity um, i don't hopefully in the month of may we yeah. gotta get this reading finished first but uh yeah, yeah maybe may sounds good yeah <laughs> i'm excited for it And that's a perfect segue to my final question for you two, which is if our listeners want more information about Gollum owned a tropical smoothie or about either of you, perhaps they'd like to reach out to you. How can they do that? They can find some water. They can find all the info they need about the show at Gollum owned a tropical smoothie.com. You can also contact me, Garrett Palladian at garrettpalladian.com or at gpalladian on instagram i'm very easy to find ethan oh Gollum, hi oh, it's a Gollum. yeah the podcast is going oh my gosh i can't believe Gollum is here and he made it just in time i didn't think you were going to come the trains no, the trains are so bad nowadays you know oh well you know what it, there's no video so they can't see you but 
you know, uh, they can hear you. So you can take is, a picture though for our our representative. Oh, love to take a picture. Well, this is Gollum. Gollum. This is Andrew. Perfect. Hi, Gollum. Yeah. So we were just ending the interview. Is there anything you wanted to say before we got off? You're talking to me or him? I'm talking to you. Oh well, um, these boys. You know, I never thought I would get the chance to be here with the Big Apple. You know, I just have this little tropical smoothie, and I just thought, what a wonderful thing for them to get a platform to talk about this. You know, it's just so nice. Oh, yeah. so I got a little hair on my eye. I got this little. I, my barber just isn't. Anyway, Gollum, we're gonna wrap this up. Thanks so much for making it, man. Of course. Anything for you. Okay. Wonderful. Well, Ethan Garrett Gollum, thank you all for joining me today and talking yeah, of about course. the yeah, yeah, yeah. season show. Thank you so much for having us. My guests today have been the writers, composers, and lyricists Ethan Crystal and Garrett Palladian, as well as a special appearance by Gollum himself. Talking about their latest show, Gollum owned a tropical smoothie. Yeah, that's, you- that's my tropical smoothie. Which you can catch on April 30th at 9.30 p.m. at 54 Below. Make sure to get your tickets now and more information by going to 54below.com. You can also visit gollumownedatropicalsmoothie.com. And we also have some contact information for our guests that we're going to post on our episode description, along with the rest of this information. And we'll post it on our social media. But make sure you join us in seeing this fun crazy ridiculous comedy of a puppet show featuring a separate from its likeness as a hundred people have said character Gollum and his great tropical smoothie shop so until next time I'm Andrew Cortez reminding you to turn off your cell phones unwrap your candies and keep talking about the theater in a stage whisper thank you If you like what you hear, please leave a five-star review, like, and subscribe. You can also find us on Facebook and Instagram at Stage Whisper Pod. And feel free to reach out to us with your comments and personal stories at stagewhisperpod at gmail.com. Our theme song is Maniac by Jazzar. Other music on this episode provided by Jazzar and Billy Murray. You can also become a patron of our show by logging on to patreon.com slash stagewhisperpod. There you will find all the information about our backstage pass as well as our tip jar. Thank you so much for your generosity. We could not do this show without you. Bye.